I know our dad listens at some time. So <laughs> he was um, telling me that he he's listened to all of them so far. I'm like both. Okay, that's good, Dad. Thanks for being a faithful listener, <laughs> listening to all of the episodes. All right, episode three of season one on the MJ Sports Podcast. I'm Mike, he's Josh, and we are back already for episode number three, Josh. And it's hard to believe um, how many people are taking to this podcast. I was I was sharing with someone again this week, that makes it sound like it's just one person, but like with others on how to get to this podcast and find it where they can go. Um, but man, it's taken off, isn't it? Yeah, I, honestly, I'm not too sure... Uh... How many people have been listening? I haven't really signed in to see how many views we've had or things like that. But um, I know our dad listens at some time. So. <laughs> he told me today, as we record this today, uh, I was talking to him today and he was um, telling me that he he's listened to all of them so far. I'm like, both. Okay, that's good, Dad. Thanks for being a faithful listener, <laughs> listening to all of the episodes. Um but no, we love Dad, and we love uh, that he enjoys what we're doing. So, um, yeah, and I'll apologize for my voice. Coronavirus has finally knocked on my door and uh, invaded my body, and I'm basically through it. I just got a little bit of a sinus thing going on, and then uh, a few more days of isolation that I should be able to go out again. But uh, anyways, we're not here to dissect COVID. We're here to dissect sports, and uh, this week... Uh, on the show, we're going to talk CFL. We're going to carry on in our uh, Canadian team uh, preview. I see TSN is doing one now, so I wonder where they got the idea. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to talk PTOs, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to do our NFL pick'em as well, and then our performers of the week. Um, so stay tuned. We'll start with some CFL after the break. We'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. <laughs> Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod. It is season one, episode three. Josh, we want to dissect CFL. It seemed like a really short week in the CFL with only three games. Um, and ironically, if you go to the CFL writers' picks every week, which I enjoy doing because it's fun to see what they think is going to happen, um, there was one guy that picked Edmonton to win and BC to win. And there was one person, a different person, picked Hamilton to win. And those were the three teams that won. The majority lost in every column. The Riders, Bombers, and Stamps all lost. And uh, ironically, the uh, the Bomber game was the one that was the largest spread, 17 points, um, to Hamilton in Hamilton. And Hamilton came out on a mission. Dane Evans obviously has never beat Winnipeg, so he had something to prove for himself, I think, too. And a lot of people are starting to doubt him as the quarterback there. We'll start in Regina where the Elks came in and uh, won the game late. The Riders took the lead with 108 left with the touchdown. Um, and then the Elks kicked that field goal from far out to win the game. And, uh, yeah, you do uh, <laughs> do what you want, I guess, with that. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's such an intriguing thing to me that the um, – how do you want to say it? That the Elks are just walking in there and taking a win in Regina. It's one of the harder buildings to play in. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, one of those Elks are one of those teams that you just, uh, there seems to be one, usually one, sometimes two every year that it's just like, you can almost chalk it up as a guaranteed win. And I don't know where they, riders are kind of in control for the majority of that. Uh, they did one thing. I think the Elks did really well that did limit the uh, riders unfortunately was that stopping of the run uh, they kind of limited Frankie Hicks in quite a bit compared to what he has been doing mm -hmm. and I think when you do that it kind of takes a big part of their offense out um, yeah. just from it's more turns into more of a passing and then that's easier to uh, design defenses around as far as defending mm -hmm. um, but yeah no still kind of a surprise that they were able to <laughs> going and pull out a win in Regina, like you said. Well, and the Riders had 80, what is it here, 81 or 83 yards, somewhere in there, of rushing total. That's combined over four guys. Kevin mm. Brown had 109 on the ground, and then Taylor Cornelius had 93 of his own. One was a 56-yard run. 
which was absolutely unbelievable. If you can fake the slide like he is or make it look like you're going to slide and then gain 30 more yards, more power to you. But they just – the Riders are the number one run defense apparently in the CFL, and it sure did not show in that game. I mean, that's almost 200 yards on the ground. Um, yeah. And, you know, Darrell Walker had 100 yards. Uh, Dylan Mitchell had a 77-yard scamper. Like, Nick Marshall, it looked like he was egging Cornelius on. He's like, pass it here, pass it here. So Cornelius did. It was a touchdown. And it was like, oh, that looks so bad. But the Riders, <laughs> they keep taking these stupid penalties. And, like, for the first half, they were very disciplined. I was quite impressed. There was only three or four penalties. But something is not right there. I mean, Fajardo was just rolling. And then all of a sudden, it's like they hit a wall, and that was the end of that. And I don't even know what what to make of that team right now. They're, they're an absolute mess. Um and they got to start winning games, even if they want to cross over now. Like the West, winning the West is done. You're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but what are you going to do? And what are you going to make of it? I mean, Fajardo, he had no okay, He didn't throw a pick. He was 20 for 27 and 230, but he got a, his top receiver had 50 yards. Like you got to have some more weapons. The other guys had two over 80. So is what it is. More power to the Elks. They keep their playoff hopes alive. That would have done them in if they were done. But, the Riders got to get some stuff figured out because it's an absolute gong show that what's taking place down there. Um, and I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I, it frustrates me to even watch them these days, but that's, <laughs> that's who I pull for. So that's what I'm going to cheer for. So, yeah. but then we moved on to, uh, to Hamilton and this was the show of the game of the week. I would say out of the three that there were because uh, Caleros had 342 in passing yards, two TDs, two interceptions, then Dane Evans had 327 passing yards, five touchdowns, no picks. And it almost felt like it, this isn't the case, but it felt like those five touchdowns were in the first half. Um, they were rolling. It was 34 14 at halftime. And uh, just absolutely crazy to see Winnipeg just like get eaten. And, and Dalton Schoen had 158 yards. He was not, he was up to his normal tricks, but uh, just a crazy, crazy thing going on there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. Was, uh, I know our brother Nate cheers for Ty Cats. He's pretty happy with that outcome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people saw that coming. No. Um, just because of how dominant Winnipeg is, but I mean, they can't win. Well, they could, but <laughs> I guess they can't. They can't win every game. And no. uh, who else? They lost one other one was to Montreal earlier in the year, which was like one of those ones where it's like, okay, Winnipeg has got a almost a guaranteed win type of situation walking into there just to how good of a role they were on. So it's kind of interesting to see uh, yeah. them tie cats pulling that off. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. Like just mayhem to watch it. The score just kept changing, kept changing, kept changing. And there's defensive touchdowns. Claro's fumbled the ball. They grind it back for the score. Like it's just, that was just a mayhem of a game. Uh, the turning point of that game is the second quarter because the first quarter was 10, 10 and the third quarter was seven, three, Fourth quarter is 14-7 in terms of scoring versus the opponent. But Hamilton outscored Winnipeg in that second quarter 24-4. to So that uh, <laughs> decimates you a little bit when you're going to the locker room down by that many. But, I mean, if there's one team that was going to come back, it's going to be Winnipeg. And they made it made it look closer than it was, but uh, still ended up with a 17-point loss there. Um, quarterbacks looked good. Running game was decent from both sides. Like, it wasn't... It was just an offensive shootout. I don't think there's anything wrong with the offense. If there's anything wrong with defense, and if you picked one of those two teams on your defense for your fantasy, you were kind of screwed because they didn't do anything besides that Hamilton pick, scoop, and score. Yeah, definitely. So then we move quickly to the last game here. Uh, it was BC in Calgary. Um, thriller. <laughs> thriller of a game. Uh, 31-29, BC takes it in overtime due to the fact that Calgary cannot convert a two-point conversion. Is there pass interference in the end zone? Is there not? I guess they figure not. But um, that's how it goes. And uh, so we'll just quickly look at the stats here and uh, let it <laughs> let it ride out, I guess. So um, Vern Adams finally got to play. And uh, as he played... He was he was good. 25 for 32, 294 passing yards, 
uh, no touchdown passes, but there was rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jake Mayer was at 301, three TDs, no picks. Um, crazy game, crazy game. And all of a sudden it was tied. The uh, Stampeders tied it. Um, and then they got another chance to kick for the win at the end of the game. It goes wide left, brought out. We go to overtime. BC scores, converts the two-point conversion. Calgary scores. Like I say, couldn't complete the conversion to Bagleton. Was he interfered with? I guess we'll never uh, we'll never hear it the other way because the game's over and that's how it's done. But um, all in all, a good good week in the CFL and uh, good games. I I was very, I mean, like I said, I've been sick this week, so I didn't watch as much as I would have liked to. But uh, this coming week on Hamilton and Montreal, that's going to be a big division thing for the uh, division game. Sorry for the playoff run. Toronto is in Ottawa, and then Calgary's in BC for the rematch. And so uh, we'll see where that's going to go. Looking forward to uh, to seeing where these things start shaping out, shaking out, because they're starting to get the playoff odds now going uh, with uh, making the playoffs, winning your division, crossing over, all those things. And uh, it looks like it'll be Winnipeg, Calgary, BC up top in the West, uh, where they where they finish one, two, three. We'll see. And uh, in the East, Toronto looks like they will be there. And uh, Montreal, Hamilton, I think you're going to battle for that last spot. But then you've got Ottawa not far behind Hamilton. So um, we'll see. We'll see where it's going to go. And if the Riders can cross over or not, or the Elks, they're not eliminated either. Um, we'll see. But uh, that's kind of our quick CFL rundown. We've got a few more things to get to on the show. So we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back with some NHL talk. We're talking PTOs, professional tryouts, as NHL training camps are getting uh, closer. Uh, the rookies are all skating and doing things, uh, drills and stuff. They have the Young Stars Classic in Penticton for the Western Canadian teams. And uh, training camp will get going here shortly. But uh, we want to talk some PTOs, who's been invited to camp on a tryout basis, and uh, and what we think as we preview the Jets and the Leafs this week on the MJ Sports Pod. Stay with us. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Podcast, Season 1, Episode 3. Um, yeah, I just want to, I was just talking to Mike uh, the other day about just touching on PTOs. Um, just because of the weird offseason, there has been a lot. I don't even have a final count here. I'm just on cap friendly, and, like, there's a lot of names to scroll through here. Um, I think the PTO op, uh, in training camp is going to be very interesting to see who gets signed. Um, just because we are Oilers-focused, uh, Jason Demers signs a PTO in Edmonton uh, recently, and uh, as well as Jake Vertanen. Uh, very controversial PTO. Lots of people not liking that one, the Jake Vertanen one. And then uh, also Justin Bailey, I think his name was. They had him on a PTO coming in as well. Um, I don't know why people freak out about the PTO thing, especially like the Jake Vertanen. Like, it's a tryout. It's not guaranteed that he's making the team. Maybe he outperforms and he makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. But uh, just like, it's very interesting the amount of names that are on here. Like, Philadelphia signing Artem Anisimov, who hasn't played in the NHL in a couple of years, <laughs> to a PTO. There's guys like Derek Broussard going to Ottawa, Alex Chason. Going back to Ottawa now that they're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alex Chason played for the Oilers at one point. He's in Arizona. Uh, Cody Eakin in Calgary today. Alex Galchenyuk in Colorado. Uh, Sonny Milano in Calgary. The real deal, James Neal going to Columbus. Uh, Eric Stahl in Florida where Mark Stahl actually is playing now so if he makes a team there's two Stahl brothers there uh, Derek Stefan to Carolina Michael Stone in Calgary again always there never leaves he gets cut re-signed traded re-signed free agent tryout he's never going to leave Calgary I don't think uh, Jimmy VC back to New York Rangers on a tryout where he started out in the NHL like there's just lots of Lots of interesting names in this, like, and that's just a few of them. Like, there's a lot to go through here. I don't have, I don't think we have time to dissect all of these. Uh, I think a smarter play would be to dissect after training camp who was there on a P, who is on the team from a PTO. I think will be the best way to go. But uh, what are your thoughts on it, Mike? 
yeah, I think the prominent ones will uh, will keep an eye on during the training camp, right? Like James Neal is intriguing to me because the the guy just I don't know what happened. Like, did he yeah. did his confidence just blow? I don't know. But he's an interesting one to me. And then, uh, uh, according to Cap Friendly, there's 40 PTOs signed on that list. One is Andrew Hammond, who they said he unsigned his PTO and went overseas. So I don't know how that works. How you, do you just rip it up in front of the person? I don't know. <laughs> so there's 39 that are active right now. And um, the other one that I was that you mentioned it was Cody Eakin. I find that one fascinating because there's another guy that Buffalo brought in thinking, okay, he's going to help us, and he's on the way out for not for nothing. And and some of these, like you say, these are just tryouts. These guys are not all guaranteed to make the teams. But the uh, it's intriguing and point and worth it to point out that some of these are actually PTOs for the team that they belong to right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some, some of them are not like, they're not all new teams. Like some of them, I think of Michael Stone, how many times has he been around the block with Calgary and he's up, he's signed up for another PTO. He must really like it there. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think he'll ever leave. <laughs> so it's, so that's just worth pointing out, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep a light, an eye on this list, I think, and, and go through it and see as people go, uh, Nathan Beaulieu, in Anaheim they'll need some defense because they've made some moves right and uh they got their young guys coming up and he might be a good veteran presence there's gonna be some interesting ones but I do like the stall story I hope he does make it um at the age of 37 he he played with Jordan for a while and he's never played with Mark to my knowledge in the NHL so it'll be interesting to see if he can uh can play there um but yeah and I we're gonna I can see go ahead listen Sorry, I can see this list growing even another 10 or 15 names before training camp officially opens. Like, there's a lot of free agents out there. Uh, uh, P.K. Subban retires today as well. So he was another one I was kind of keeping eyes on to see where he would kind of sign any if he did sign anywhere, but he retired today. But like I said, I think, yeah, 39 on here right now active. I can see that list growing by another 10 or 15 even before the season starts. I should actually say I forgot that Eric Stahl was traded to the Rangers at one point uh, in the final year of his contract in 2016. So he did play with Mark for the Rangers, but uh, be a nice reunion there for them anyways. But uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye. This will be something we'll keep talking about over the course of training camp as it gets opening. But uh, Sunday, the Oilers start preseason. Like it's just hard to believe the WHL is getting going. It's hockey's back. And it's uh, finally the temperatures are turning down here where I live in Manitoba. (laughs) It's nice. So um, yeah, frost on frost on my windshield this morning so <laughs> oh man welcome back to the mj sports pod season one episode three um as we started last week we're going through these seven canadian teams doing uh updates and previews on them our views on the teams where they're at additions subtractions things that are uh, pertaining to them as that we head into training camp and so uh, this week we are going to be looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs Josh will look at them in a second and I am going to walk us through a little bit of the Winnipeg Jets um, where they're at what we can predict for them what we think of their team and uh, I live in Manitoba so I hear a lot about the Jets not so much the last couple of years but uh for sure when they swept the Oilers a couple uh playoffs ago I heard about that very well in my ear but uh just wanted to walk through some key additions and subtractions then Josh we can talk about this and then we'll look at the Leafs as well and talk about them but obviously the the coaching department has had additions and subtractions there Paul Maurice stepped down during the season. Dave Lowry took over and nothing much changed in my opinion of watching them. Um, So he is out as well. And Rick bonus has brought it, been brought in former Dallas stars coach. He led Dallas to the Stanley cup final uh, in the bubble. And uh, they're calling him bones and we'll see what he does for this team. Um, Very defensive minded coach. And we'll see what he can do with this team. I'm excited to see what, what will take place. And, um, so that's the coaching changes in, uh, player additions and subtractions. Uh, we'll just highlight the key ones. There's been minor ones along the way, but, uh, Paul Stastny is on his way to Carolina. Eric Comrie 
uh, is has signed a new deal in Buffalo. He was the backup there. Um, he was brought. He was bounced on a waivers one year, like three times. Ended up back in Winnipeg and had a decent year for them last year. But he is now uh, in Buffalo. Riley Nash obviously was on the Jets roster for a little bit. He's gone. Adam Brooks signed in Philadelphia. He's gone. Evgeny Svechnikov, San Jose Sharks. He's gone. And you could, I guess, include Andrew Kopp, who was traded to the Rangers on deadline. But, I mean, they didn't finish the year with him. We're just kind of talking about guys they uh, somewhat finished the year with. Um, key additions for this team, David Riddick obviously comes in because they needed a backup goalie. And Sam Gagne is the vet that has been recently signed. That's kind of their main additions. They haven't really changed the culture of the team. They did strip uh, Blake Wheeler of his captaincy. And they're going to play with no captain to start the year. Uh, Rick Bonus wants a clean slate and he wants to choose who's going to lead. And I don't think Jets fans are upset about that. Um, we'll see who gets the C down the road or what's going to be like this year playing with all alternates. We'll see. Um, there is a number of teams that don't have a captain, so the Jets are not alone in that. And uh, the other thing for the Jets that people are waiting is to see Cole Perfetti uh, really come into his own. He got to play a bunch last year and uh, it'll be exciting to see where he goes this year. Uh, but those are kind of the main additions and subtractions. Nothing nothing super different about the team this year. Um, except maybe a different coaching philosophy. We'll see what it does. I mean, the team is going to go as far as Connor Hellebuck takes them, in my opinion. They were 39-32-11 last year. Missed the playoffs, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I think Hellebuck, as far as he's going to carry that team on his back, is how far they're going to go. Um they just don't seem to have a punch and and I don't know what that is, um, what they're missing there. I mean, defense obviously is always something you need and I don't think they're like terrible um, fringe team. Maybe though, like I, I hope I always want to see Canadian teams in the playoffs, right? Like that's, that's who I am as a Canadian hockey fan, but for the sake of what we're talking about with the, with the jets, what's going to get them there? Really, like it's it's similar to Montreal. It was always like how far Carey Price carries his team on their back. That's how far they're going to go. And I feel like it's the same same tune, same tune with with the Jets. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what they think. But Josh, what do you think about that? And uh, what are maybe your predictions on their on their season coming up? I think, like we said with the two last week, fringe team. Um, I hope for their sake and for their fans, they play, but I know even fans in this area that I've talked to are not expecting anything big uh, from the jets this year. And I don't, I don't even say that facetiously. Like that's actually something I was told. Um, <clears throat> but what do you think? And uh, where do you think they, they end up here? Yeah. So with Winnipeg, um, obviously the biggest thing would be the, uh, coaching change going on there. I know they had, uh, there's big rumors about Barry Trotz. Like it was all like, Oh, Barry Trotz will go there. Cause he's from there. There was all these things and all these other coaches were going places. And then all of a sudden Barry Trotz comes out and says, no, I'm not going to coach this year. And then they kind of had to pivot to uh, Rick bonus. So that'll be interesting. And then Paul Maurice ended up in Florida anyways. So uh, after he said he wanted to take a step back. So that's <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, as far as player subtractions, I think, uh, ones they're really going to miss will definitely be, uh, Andrew Kopp for sure. Um, Paul Stasny too, I think just seems like, uh, one of those kind of third, fourth line character guys more than, uh, anything, but he was a big producer as well, like 20, 25 goals a season kind of thing. Um, as far as additions, I mean. Like you touched on, Dave Riddick and Sam Gagne. Uh, not much to be said about Dave Riddick. Uh, ever since the stick toss against Oilers, he hasn't really been the same. I mean, he wasn't amazing before that, but I mean, he kind of hasn't done anything remarkable since. Sam Gagne, another guy who was linked to the Oilers for a long time just because of a picture he took with an Oilers shirt after a workout and stuff and there's all these things about wanting to bring him back and stuff which I don't know if they would have had a spot for him to be honest on the Oilers mm -hmm. it would have been hard to fit him in so I think that's a nice pickup for Winnipeg again another one of those kind of steps into Paul Stasny's role I guess as a character guy locker like good veteran locker room guy I think um 
not as high of a point producer as Stasny, I don't think. Um, but still a good addition. I think he's going to eclipse the 1,000 game mark as well this season. That's what I'm happy for for him as well. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, Cole Perfetti uh, should probably – I think he'll probably be, make the team this year. Like, he kind of finished off last year on that team, so I could see him being a every night kind of starter on the team. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Winnipeg's – like, they just haven't done anything. And mm-hmm. they missed the, missed the playoffs. You think there would be a bit more rotation in the roster a little bit, but, I mean – that could come during the season. There's all the rumors about uh, Shifley wanting out uh, or possibly being traded. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois still has two years left on his contract, but he's already vocalized that he is not re-signing there when that is done. Um, still could change, but um, yeah, I think a lot of it just kind of re- lies in, unfortunately, on Hellebuck's shoulders as to how far he can take this team. Um, because their blue line isn't anything spectacular. They, uh, I mean, it was kind of crazy a few years ago. They had like Dustin Bufflin, they had Tyler Myers, they had just one other name that's I'm missing out on here, but like they had some good, like solid big bodies and like solid defensemen. And like they just don't have that anymore. It's a lot of like young guys who are still like kind of trying to find their footing. And I mean, it's kind of crazy with the amount of defensemen that were out there in the free agent market. And even just on PTOs, like, I don't even think they've signed any any PTOs, if I'm not mistaken. They might have signed a few, but, like, it's just, I don't know. Winnipeg's just a weird team. I mean, they could surprise us all and just put it together this year under Rick Bonus and make a big push, and who knows. But I, honestly, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. I think it'll still be maybe next year if they can actually – capitalize on if some of these guys went out like capitalize on your return for them i mean shifley you could get a haul for um if you decided to trade dubois you could get i don't think you get as much for, as you could for shifley but you get something for sure and same with like hellebuck you could get a good package back but as it sits now i can't see them going too far yeah i don't like and i don't think hellebuck leaves there unless he wants out i think he's kind of earned that right to say um, yeah, and like I said, like I said earlier in the segment, um, having no captain to start the year is going to be interesting to see what the leadership structure looks like in that team once someone takes takes it and runs with it. Um, but I do think, unless it's an A plus season, which I don't see happening in performance, <laughs> this will be shovel day off Swanson. I think for this team, like I don't know what else he can do to redeem himself. Like it's been a couple lackluster years and. Um, like you say, if you can trade some of those guys and get something for them, right? We, you don't want to see Kachuk and Goudreau walking out your door uh, for yeah. nothing. So I, that's going to be that, it. I think that scared a lot of teams this offseason with what happened with Calgary. Um, like you see it with like Tage Thompson, for instance, that we spoke on the last episode or the episode before. Like he had a monster season. He still got a year left, but they're like, we got to lock him up. And like, <laughs> I think there's lots of teams that are kind of like, we can't have that happen to our team. Cause like our players aren't as good as that. <laughs> and like, you won't get a return mm-hmm. like that. So. Well, it's, it's a game, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely going to be interesting for sure. So anyways, take it away there with, with the Leafs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Toronto, uh, it's going to be quick. Uh, First round exit is all I can really say. So uh, we'll be back after this break. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, With Toronto, I went back kind of like I did with Ottawa. Went back to kind of March, mid-March kind of thing to present and just kind of broke down just because they had some decent stuff happening in March with uh, the acquiring of Mark Giordano and uh, Colin Blackwell from Seattle. didn't have to give too much up to get those guys. Just a couple second round picks and a third round pick. Uh, March 20th, trade Travis Dermott to Vancouver for a third round pick. Uh, May 22nd, they uh, extended Giordano for two more years, just at 800K as an AAV, so nothing massive. Uh, June 27th, they extended Lilligren, uh, or Lilgren, I can't remember how to pronounce that guy's name, but uh, two years, 1.4. 
uh, AAV, and then uh, July 3rd, the blockbuster deal for Toronto, acquiring the 2022 fourth round pick from Nashville for their 2023 fourth round pick. I mean, uh, it doesn't, yes. get, doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, <laughs> then, uh, on July 7th, uh, trade Morazic and a first round pick to Chicago for a second round pick, both those for this draft that just happened to 2022. Uh, July 11th, they go and acquire Matt Murray from Ottawa for future considerations, whatever that'll ever turn into. Who knows? Uh, Ottawa retaining some of the cap hits. So his cap hit for this year and next year will be about $4.687 million, give or take, uh, however that works out to be. And then uh, July 13th, uh, free agency day, uh, they signed Samsonov, formerly of uh, Washington. One year, 1.8 million. They signed, uh, I never know how to pronounce this guy's name, but Abu Abi, or Abu Kabe, I think. Uh, better known as the guy who dented the Stanley Cup. Uh, one year, $1 million. Uh, July 14th, they signed Victor Mete and Jordy Ben, both one year, 750K. Uh, July 15th, they signed Callie Yarncroke, who went to the Flames on trade deadline day, if I'm not mistaken. Scored one goal against the Oilers in that massive game five. Do you remember they took the 4-3 lead and when there was those four <laughs> goals in five minutes, that was his first goal and only goal as a flame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they signed him for four years, uh, 2.1 million AAV, and then they signed uh, Pierre Engvall, one year, 2.25 million, uh, who was originally drafted by the Leafs. So I can't remember if he's... I think he went over to the KHL for a little bit. I don't really know, but uh, anyway, signed from the team. So uh, major subtractions from that team uh, would be Mikheyev, uh signed in Vancouver. Jack Campbell signed in Edmonton. Uh, Andre Kasha or Kasha or Kosh or whatever, is, however you pronounce that guy's name, uh, signed in Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, lost Morazic and Dermot to trades, as I mentioned. Uh, and their first round pick, 25th overall, uh, went with Morazic. That turned into uh, that was Sam Rinzel, uh, drafted by Chicago. Uh, defenseman played for Waterloo last year, 21 games played, 10 points. I mean, you're never going to know if, how that turns out for a few more years, obviously, with draft picks. Uh, and then additions uh, Giordano with the trade back in March and the extension. So they still got him. Uh, that fourth round pick and that blockbuster uh, with Nashville turns into uh, Dennis Hildeby or Hildeby. He's a goalie uh, since 2017. So in six years, he's played a total of 92 games. Uh, so like you said, you're never going to know what <laughs> that turns into. Uh, addition of Matt Murray via trade uh, with Ottawa. And then uh, Samsonov, Mete, Ben, Abu Kabay, Yarncroc, and Engvall, all free agency signings. Um, cap space remaining is minus or negative 1.493 million, but that's before any um, IR or injury reserve or anything like that. So if they got guys on that, they'll be under the cap, but they're right up against it. Um, I don't know, Toronto is just a weird situation. Like, I don't trust that goaltending any more than I did with like, I had more faith in Campbell and Morazic personally than I would as mm -hmm. in Matt Murray and Samsonov. Uh, although Samsonov, I think, can win that spot over Matt Murray, to be honest, with the way Matt Murray had been playing recently. So that's going to be an interesting fight and battle uh, going on uh, in training camp. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. They just haven't really done anything, but I mean... When you have Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, like all these guys, like three or four guys tying up a third of your cap space, what are you can't really do that much. And like, honestly, it could be a first round exit again, <laughs> in all fairness. Uh, but like, in my opinion, their goaltending has gotten worse and they haven't really added anything of anything of substance. But that's kind of my take on them. Um, I'll throw it to you, Mike, for any comments on that. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think um, 
you know, Katrina, my wife, her uncle is a huge Leafs fan and uh, he will give me his comments on this segment, I know. But I know even for him too, Matt Murray seems like a weird pickup for them when he really didn't do much for Ottawa. He had a good good end to the season, right? But I mean, you're going to sign him for a whole year on that little bit that he did at the end. Oh, I just was going to say too, the fact that uh, Jack Campbell signed for about $400,000 more than they're paying Matt Murray in Edmonton. And who knows if he would have stayed in Toronto, maybe he was wanting six there. Maybe he was wanting more. Maybe he took a little less to play in Edmonton. Who, who knows? Like yeah. You're never going to know, but it just seems weird to me that you'd take a flyer on Matt Murray mm-hmm. when Jack Campbell signs for five and you're paying Matt Murray like 4.6, 4.7, whatever it is. <laughs> And he's yeah. had terrible luck. I mean, he got demoted to the AHL in, in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that says all it needs to say about how his play has been. But, like, who knows? He was on Stanley Cup teams in Pittsburgh. Maybe he has a bounce back year, and he becomes an amazing goalie again. It's hard to say. The only really exciting uh, part of that whole Ottawa thing was that Anton Forsberg got a massive contract because he was playing well at the time. But but I mean, yeah, you take that. I mean, like I said, I was listening to some overdrive clips. Uh, they were doing some bold predictions on the NHL season. They did the Leafs category, a Canada category, and an NHL category. And uh, one of the one of the things was that Samsonov will be the starter in the playoffs when the playoffs hit. Um, and I don't think that's actually far off. I hope for the sake of Matt Murray, the hockey player, that he can figure it out. Like, I don't we're not oh, yeah. these fans. We're not going to try and hide that on the show. But I mean, I hope for his sake, he can redeem who he was. Is he going to play like he did with for Pittsburgh? No, because Pittsburgh was a different animal in front of him. Um, he was he was important when he had to be right. Toronto, you're going to get a good dose of, of play, right? Like it's going to be it's going to be a different animal than Pittsburgh was. It is an offensive team. That's how they're built. But um I hope for the sake of their fans, because I know what it's like to have so many years of disappointment that the Leafs can figure it out and go on a run at some point. Um, but I'm hesitant to predict that there'll be a second round for them when it happens year after year after year, they go up three, two in series, and then they lose in seven. Like it, I, you can't, I can't sit here and say, yes, this is the year they go to the second round when it happens every year that the first round is in their hands and then falls through. Right. Um they were in overtime of game six to clinch that series. Tampa Bay scored and then beat them in Toronto. Like it's, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, right? And that's the <laughs> other side of this is that they are in a powerful division. In baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays are in the AL East. If the Toronto Blue Jays were a couple months ago, when they were in fourth place, they would have been in first place in the two, I think, other divisions in baseball because the division is just so tight. Right. And Toronto is in that hockey division. I don't dare say the Pacific division is the strongest division. It might actually be the weakest in terms of competition in the NHL, but that Atlantic division, the Metro is pretty tight too, but uh, that Atlantic division, it's going to be, you got to win every night to have a chance to win the division Um, where they're going to go. I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to say round two, but because it happens every year that they don't get there, but um, they will make the playoffs. They're going to be fine but I'm waiting for the questions of how long does Matthews want to stay here? Like what McDavid was when they couldn't get past even the playoff cutoff. Right. So, and I hope not, I I hope that he can show some loyalty and figure it out there. But like I say, I don't know what even to say in predictions. Yeah. And just a side note that it's kind of funny uh, as we're recording this today, Zidane Ochara announced his retirement and uh, with Zidane Ochara retiring, I saw this on Sportsnet. There are now no active NHL players who have ever lost a playoff series to the month to the Maple Leafs, which is very crazy to think about and kind of a little bit sad at the same time. Well, and, like <laughs> I did, don't know. When he lost to the Leafs, was he on the Senators still? No, uh, there's a picture of him with Boston, so that must. But I don't. Maybe he was on the Senators because I don't think they've ever I think, beat Boston. I think it was the 4 playoffs. I think the Leafs got to round two pl- past the uh, Senators. I yeah. think that was their last first round win. But yeah, it, it's. I saw that too, and I almost burst. Well, I did burst out laughing. But it. Uh, but it's crazy. But I. I, I was like I said earlier in the segment. I want to see Canadian teams do well because it's fun when they are all good. Um, this Leafs team is good. 
I will not even shy away and say, man, the Oilers should have beat them many more times because they, they're good battles. Oh, yeah. But how deep I they big, go, I can't say. I think the big question mark on how deep and how good they're going to do this year honestly lies on the goaltending yeah. tandem because yeah. they had Jack Campbell. They signed Morazic to that deal. Nothing worked out with Morazic. He was terrible for them, unfortunately. Uh, and he gets dealt to Chicago. You had to give up your first round pick to move him out of there. And basically his contract translates into uh, Matt Murray. Matt Murray's making a bit more, but kind of translates into that. And then you lose Jack Campbell, so you bring in Sam Sonoff. So I don't know. I think the big question mark on the Maple Leafs this year is going to be that goaltending tandem, to be honest. Like, I think their defense is pretty solid and like you said they're got a lot of offensive weapons but i think the big question mark is going to be on that goaltending this year yeah and i think once we're done these uh these reviews of all the canadian teams we'll go through and you know rate goaltending through the whole thing we'll rate like we'll do some of those things too leading up training camp as we record this opens tomorrow for many teams and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh the boys get going it, it feels good as an Oilers fan that we finished like end of May so we didn't have to wait an extra month for off season but um or was it into June it was June actually I think the first week of June even um but it was it yeah it's different this year right it's like we can uh we can look forward to some good times McDavid is very much like you know we got work to do and what else is he going to say because he's McDavid but but I agree with you I think the Leafs they're going to be good. Like, there's no doubting that. How far they go rests on a couple of those pieces they brought in. Because I, I am not convinced the goaltending. And who's say Jack Campbell leaving? He could get hurt in Edmonton and not play a game. You know what I mean? Like, there's no saving could, grace that they made a bad move either. Or he could bomb entirely and just have, like, the worst season of his career in the Oilers. Exactly. Playoffs. Like, I don't know. Goaltending exactly. is such a wild card because it also def- depends heavily on who the defensive unit in front of the goaltender. So, I mean, like I said, Toronto's got a good defense. Uh, Oilers, not as much. But then I feel like Jack Campbell's a good goalie behind a not great defense. Uh, Toronto's goaltending, big question mark, but behind a good defensive unit. So, take your pick. And, <laughs> and he has the experience because he played well he was drafted i think by dallas who had a decent defense when they got him then he played in la behind dowdy remember those teams they had there um slava Voinov was on those teams drew dowdy they had a rock solid back end there um and then he went to toronto and played and decent there too right so yeah i don't think I love McDavid's comment that he could play in Edmonton. If he, if he can play in Toronto, he can start for us. I love that comment because I think it's yeah. true. Yeah. But, uh, but for Toronto, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Jack Campbell leaving was obviously one of their biggest things of the off season. And uh, it was such a bad secret when Edmonton signed him at opening minutes of free agency. They're like, Hey, it's like, yeah, we've known that for two weeks, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. So, well, we'll take a break here, Joshua, then we'll come back and we'll talk some PTO before doing our uh, performers and pick them. Uh, stay tuned on the MJ Sports Pod. So we'll move quickly to our uh, pick them segment here, Josh. You uh, went one and three this week. The Rams helped you out, but otherwise the other three let you down. I was three and one. Um, last week I was two and two and you were four and oh. So it's kind of evening out a little bit here. But week three. Here are the games. I'll read them to you. Let me know who you want, and we will go from there, okay? So we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cle- at Cleveland Browns. Well, let's go with Browns. Okay. I am going to go with Pittsburgh, see if they can take it on the road. Uh, America's game of the week is the Packers at the Buccaneers, and I just got so fed up with Tom Brady watching my Saints this past week. Um, but that's okay. TB in my mind stands for Tom Brady and friends and not Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But what do you uh, think of now when the Bucks are at home to the Packers? Uh, I'll take the Bucks. I don't know. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady in my opinion. So yeah. Packers had a nice win at home. I'm going to take Tampa Bay though. Um, they're still trying to figure it out. The uh, Sunday night game now, this is an intriguing game, and I want to just quickly say something about this. It's the 49ers at the Broncos. Okay, Russell Wilson versus Jimmy G. And Jimmy G, 
they almost traded him away, okay? And it was just like, he's on his way out. It's done with. This is not, he's not here anymore. We're on to Trey Lance. And that's just how it's going to be. Trey Lance this weekend takes a, gets tackled and his ankle was pointing, the, his foot was pointing the upper, opposite way it should be, right? So that was like, that's not good. Breaks his ankle. He's done for the season. Who's coming to the rescue? Jimmy G. And I'm going to read you this contract note that's been released by Adam Schefter. It says, for each game that the 49ers quarterback Jimmy G plays, at least 25% of the snaps, he earns $250,000 each time he does that. And then as, uh, as noted, if the 49ers win that game, that number then jumps to $350,000. As the starter going forward now for the rest of the season, because Trey Lance is hurt, he has a chance to earn $5.6 million in performance bonuses. That's on top of his contract. Unreal. But the, the storyline has changed. And for that reason, I'm going to take the 49ers to take the uh, Broncos because the Broncos just can't seem to figure it out. I hope they do for the sake of the league, but something's not right there. And so I'm, I'm taking San Fran and I don't know who you want to take in that game. Yeah, no, I'm just going to take uh, San Fran as well. Jimmy G okay. for the win. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the one and one Dallas Cowboys against the undefeated two and O New York giants in New York. Um, marquee matchup, man. Only one <laughs> win or one loss for those teams combined. Who do you take there? Dallas is on the road. New York's at home. They're 2-0. and What's happening there? I'll take Cowboys just for the fun of it. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Giants. But who thought when the schedule came out that that would be like must-watch TV on Monday night? So you have uh, – we actually have some interesting picks here. You have Cleveland, Tampa Bay, San Fran, and the, and the uh, Cowboys. And I have the Giants, San Fran, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh. And so we'll see where that goes. Um, it's been fun. We'll start tallying them up and keep the records rolling here. Um, but Josh, why don't you give me your performer of the week before we close off the show here and uh, we'll finish it off that way. Sure. Yeah. Uh, performer of the week for me is uh, Dane Evans, Hamilton. Uh, he's received a lot of flack over the last little while for his performance and his play, but uh just in that game against Winnipeg, the 327 yards, five passing TDs, no intercept. Uh, my performer of the week, definitely Dane Evans, uh, having a game that hopefully kind of gives him some confidence and some momentum moving forward through the rest of the season. Uh, just one quick honorable mention on the side, uh, just because it just happened as we're recording this, uh, Aaron Judge ties Babe Ruth's record with 60 home, 60th home run of the season. Uh so kind of crazy to see how much further he can go with that. But uh, that would be an honorable mention on the side. Just got a notification on my phone here a few minutes ago for that. So, uh, yeah, Dane Evans, Hamilton, and then, uh, yeah, Aaron Judge as a side note here just because it just happened. <laughs> too bad for Aaron Judge. Hey, too bad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> contract year, man. He said, I'm not talking during the season. I'm just going to let my play do the talking. And I don't know how you ignore that now. Yeah, um, no, no kidding. My, uh, I was, I was thinking Dane Evans as well because of the five TDs and just the monster game he had, but I'm going to go against my riders and say Cornelius, he willed that team in the CFL on Monday or on uh, Friday, sorry, to, to victory. He, he walked that team to victory and, uh, the rider defense couldn't solve him, had that 56 yard scamper. Like it was just absolute madness what he was doing, um, and Riders had no answer. And so I say props to you, Cornelius. He just got a brand new contract. He was playing good for it. And um, props to him. I'll be excited to see where that where that goes for him. Um, and, yeah, we didn't get to any, uh, any baseball on this show, but we will make sure that we uh, get to it down the stretch run. As we record this, Josh just got that notification. The Blue Jays just won 18 to 11 over the Phillies. Um, the game took almost an extra hour, but that's what happens when you have 30 runs in a game. And um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting just to see where the, where the playoffs are going to fall and, and what that looks like. And we'll do a little baseball as we go forth, but um, any last words there, Josh, before we, before we bid farewell on episode three? Uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, just uh, excited to get another episode under our belts here. And I think uh, next week, be uh interesting podcast with like you said with training camps and stuff opening up and preseason starting pretty quick here 
definitely be an interesting podcast next week talking about all of that stuff that's uh, going to be tied in. It'll probably be a bit longer podcasts going forward, I'd say, now that we got NHL starting, CFL, NFL, if we're going to throw some baseball in there. Uh, this might get a little bit longer than they already are by a little bit, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes, and I, I also before we end the podcast here, want to add one more honorable mention to my performer of the week because I just remembered it. Uh, Tua with the Dolphins, he had four hundred eighty some passing yards, six touchdowns. They were down twenty one points to start the fourth quarter and won that game, like against the Ravens, unreal. Um, there's so many guys to choose from. NHL is going to be fun, Josh, because the preseason is always these unsung heroes. People no one knows about doing great things to try and get a job in the NHL. So it's, it's not meaningful hockey for standings, but for the fans and to watch them play again, it's going to be good. And, uh, the Oilers released their, or a snippet of the reverse retro going back to the McFarland era. Uh, this logo here, I know you can't see it if you're listening, but uh, just such a such an iconic thing. I remember being a kid when those came out, and I'm excited to see them wear them as reverse retros. Um, but we'll get to Oilers again. Next week we'll talk uh, Flames and Canucks uh, on the uh, preview side, and then we'll do the Oilers the week following, and then we'll be rolling probably pretty quick after that for NHL season, getting rolling. Uh, I believe they start the regular season early overseas with their global series thing that they're doing, but then – the regular season in the in North America gets going, I think, at the 12th of October, um, whatever that Tuesday is. So, But that'll do it for us here. Season 1, Episode 3. You can uh, find us everywhere on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at MJSportsPod, email MJSportsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us and subscribe uh, on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you seem to get your podcasts and we will uh, see you next time. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the MJ sports pod.